Well, once again, thank you so much to all of those who have helped to put our worship service together. For Sharon Cook, who was our liturgist this morning, um, for the special music from our Faith Ringers, for our praise team who leads our music, and for Gary Brubaker, who puts all of our music together so beautifully. Thank you. We are starting a new series around joy. Um, you know, we've had, it's been challenging, and it's been challenging for probably a million and a half reasons. There are global reasons, there are local reasons, there are um, national reasons, and there are some of the reasons that are in our, in our own homes. Maybe it's not for you something that's a large scale global issue, but maybe it's something smaller. It's been challenging. And in the midst of challenging times, it's very easy to fall into despair or to choose fear or cynicism. And so it may be hard to think about joy or to choose joy or to see joy, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. So what is joy and how do we experience it? Throughout this series, we're going to talk about true joy, obstacles to joy, and the characteristics of joy. So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, um, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I got my hair done. Um, you can see a little bit of the color left still, but um, it was a lot brighter. And I had an appointment at my doctor's office uh, shortly after I had gotten it done. And um, while I was there, um, I had this conversation. Um, you know, somebody came into the office and said, wow, your hair looks different since the last time I saw you. Um, and I was like, well, yeah, probably does. And they're like, yeah, nice, nice, uh, interesting, nice, nice. Um, do you like it? And I said, well, I do. And they go, does it make you happy? And I said, you know what, it does. Um, and they said, joy in a pandemic, that's good. And I said, I think so. I think that we, you know, I think that we have a shortage of joy right now. And they said, I think you're onto something. We need more joy, don't we? And I said, well, we always need more joy, but I, I do think especially now we do. And then they paused and they said, you know, we don't have a shortage of right now. And I started to like rack my brain, like there's so many things, right? And so I was like, um, and they said, stupidity, stupidity. There's stupidity everywhere. I was like, well, I'm sure that you've had your fair share of stories to tell. And yeah, they were like, yeah, yeah, too many stories, too many stories. And so then I started to think and I said, well, do you think that if we had more joy, we'd have less stupidity? No, absolutely not. But I do think that if we had more joy, we might have less anger. And anger sometimes leads to, to um, un, unreasonable responses. And so I said, so in a roundabout way, kind of, right? And they paused and said, well, actually you might be onto something. Hey, you're a preacher, right? Preach that. Joy eliminates stupidity. I said, well, there's my next sermon series. <laughs> now, not quite. Um, I don't think that it's to the extreme of that, 
But I do think that, that sometimes we do need to talk or look for joy. What happens when we look for joy? What does that change within us? Now, in the middle of the tension and the anxiety that we're all experiencing, to say, let's talk about joy might feel wrong. You may not want to. You may not feel like it. And that's okay. It's okay to be where you are. And it is also okay to want to and to look for it and to feel like it. That's okay too. So first, I think we have to talk about what joy isn't to talk about what joy is. It's not happiness. We can be happy, but not necessarily full of joy. Happiness is different than joy uh, because happiness is temporary and joy is not temporary. So sometimes joy can be perceived or pictured as maybe immature or giddy, but that's not true. Joy isn't giddiness and joy isn't naive. Joy isn't immature and really joy isn't even celebratory. Joy is, is more than those things because joy is deep. Joy is wisdom. Joy is holy. Joy is also resistance. Joy is a different way of looking at the universe because joy can embrace the fullness of our human experience because joy recognizes the challenges of life and embraces them all as part of it. Joy looks at the fragility of life and says, enjoy what you have. So I think that there's several ways of looking at the world. You can look at the world as light, that life is nothing but sunshine and roses. And sometimes it's called like a Pollyanna worldview. It can be happy and it can be delightful way of looking at the world. I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? And, I mean, it can also be a little naive. People aren't happy all of the time. There are times that we're not. So, you can go from that side to maybe the whole other extreme. That life is nothing but a tragedy and awful. Everything is terrible and meaningless. And that is really a quite bleak and cynical and depressing way of looking at life. I've been uh, re-watching the TV series House lately. And, um, you know, one of House's um, themes is Everyone Lies. And that's a terrible way to think about humanity in this dark and, and bleak way. I mean, is everything always bad? So I think that there's a mix of the two, a third way. And it's the sort of the lightness after the darkness. Yes, bad things will happen. And good things will happen. And sometimes both are present at the same time. 
One of my favorite quotes from theologian Frederick Buechner, which I've probably said a bajillion times, Frederick Buechner said, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. This is what joy is. Joy incorporates the bad and says, but they're still good. Both sort of hold hands together. All right, so let's talk about our scripture passage for today because our scripture passage comes from the book of Philippians. And um, Philippians is attributed to Paul. Paul, uh, one of the apostles um, who wrote a majority of the letters from the New Testament. Paul, I have a complicated relationship with Paul. I have said that probably also a bajillion times. Um, I don't always agree with Paul's theology and his letters or his actions. But one thing I will say, I don't doubt Paul's faith. And knowing what Paul had been through throughout his life and ministry, he was treated really terribly at times. He went to places and was treated terribly because of his preaching and his teaching. He was persecuted. He was put into jail many times. He received terrible punishments, including one of them was being stoned. And sometimes we think of stoning as like we pick up rocks and throw them at people, which is one way. But one of the punishments that Paul most likely received at least once, maybe more, was being thrown off a cliff and a boulder being tossed on top of him. Can you imagine... Can you imagine living life like that? Where you're trying to share the good news of the gospel, hope, love, peace, and joy. And in places where you do, it's, it's turned down. So much so that you have a boulder on top of you. Could you keep faith? Could you find joy? I mean, Paul did. Throughout most of these things, Paul held on to his faith and sometimes barely held on to it. In some of his letters, he's very vulnerable and honest, especially in this letter right here. He says, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I don't know what I prefer. Life is hard. And especially for Paul is everything he's gone through. And his honest response is, life is hard and hard work. And I don't know if I want to continue. He goes on to say, I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better Have you been there where you've just felt broken, crushed, like there's no joy to be found? And yet, and yet Paul doesn't stop there. That's not the end of the passage or even the end of the sentence. He says, 
I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith. Because of Paul's commitment to the people of faith, he's holding on to his own faith and finding joy. Oh, Paul, have you felt that way? Crushed, burdened, despairing, and yet... And yet, and yet, there's something else and there's something more. That is a story of faith. It's the story of the gospel. Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. And yet, and yet, and yet, life, life was still present. Right now, oh gosh, people are so angry, aren't they? About anything. Maybe you are too. Maybe you're upset. Maybe you're passing judgment on people. And maybe, that's, maybe it's accurate and fair. Some of that may be well-earned. I mean, there are some things that do need to be called out. Racism, white supremacy, sexism, a lack of care for our neighbor. Yes, none of these are okay. And sometimes they need to be called out and addressed. And we can do those things in love also. And then there's times when we need to, may need to remember that we're doing the best that we can. Sometimes we're so focused on who's right, who's accurate, who's more factual than the other, who's right and who's wrong. And I have to be right and you have to be wrong. And we spend so much of our energy on this. Maybe you've been in those arguments or those fights, whether in person or on social media, where, gosh darn it, I'm going to be right I'm going to prove to you how right I am. But it turns out arguing about who is righter than the other. And that's where we're spending our energy. It's no wonder that we're not finding joy. Because that doesn't lead to joy. I think a lot of times what you're looking for, you'll find it. If you're looking for danger everywhere, you will find it everywhere. If you're looking for bad things to happen, you'll find them because they're there. If you are looking for people to betray you, unfortunately, they'll be there. Now, it's true that those things may happen even if you're not looking for them. But if you are, you will definitely find them. 
And so what if you took that energy? What if you took that energy and flipped it? What if you looked for the people who were helping others? What if you looked for the happy moments? What if you looked for friends? Because if you look for them, you'll find them for sure. Now life is unpredictable. Goodness knows we have experienced that over the last couple of years, especially, but life is unpredictable. Life is also fragile. How do you wanna spend your life? Because you do have a choice on how to, how to spend it. You have a choice on what to focus on. It's not an either or either. Either I do this or either do that. Because you're not just one thing. We're all multiple things. And joy encompasses all things. Joy encompasses the pain and the hurt and the frustration and the anger and the beauty and the love and the hope and the peace and the grace. And joy holds them together. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. When my nephew was in preschool, I picked him up for an Aunt Missy day, and uh, it was winter, and it was snowing. Not much, but it was gross and slushy, and uh, Landon has a stuffed lamb. Uh, I gave it to him his, at his baptism, and he has carried it everywhere. And from the back seat of the car, uh, Landon said to me, Aunt Missy, Lammy is a little scared right now because he thinks the snow is going to push the cars off the road. And I said, well, what would you say to Lammy to make sure he's not scared? And he said, nothing. I'll just hold his hand and squeeze it sometimes. And I said, well, I would tell Lammy that even though sometimes the snow can do that to cars, I'm going to drive slow and safe to make sure it ha doesn't happen to us. And he says, well, Lammy's really happy to hear that. You know it's Lammy that's scared and not me, right? Because it's Lammy. And I said, well, I'm really glad that Lammy has you to hold his hand and squeeze it sometimes. Me too, he said. And then we went on and we played superheroes. Joy looks at worry and looks for a peace that passes understanding. Sometimes just a hand to squeeze. I was planning a funeral with a family once and the woman who died had been married for 57 years. They had three kids and, um, and several grandkids and great grandkids. And uh, the day after she died, her husband went out and got a brand new puppy. And at our funeral planning, we were planning at their home and this puppy was, you know, just doing puppy things and, um, and had an accident at one of the daughter's feet. And she got so angry and furious and she started yelling and screaming at her dad and, and told him he was irresponsible for getting this puppy and he couldn't take care of it. And what a terrible time and how awful and it caused an uproar in the family. And throughout the whole thing, you know, the man just sort of sat with his head down. And then everybody just sort of, we calmed down. We all took a breath. And the man just sort of, he looked up and he said, 
I got this puppy because I miss your mom too much. And I want someone else in the house with me. And everyone just collectively held their breath at this man's grief. And then he paused and he had sort of a half smile and a twinkle in his eye. And then he said, plus I always blame your mom for my farts and now I need someone else to blame since she's gone. And everyone just erupted in laughter. Joy looks at death and says life is here too. Friends, Arch Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama have seen a lot in their lives, working among the poor for racial reconciliation, banishments, and more. And they're known for their spiritual and religious work around the world. They're sought after for their deep reflections and wisdom. And when they greet one another, do you know how they do that? They hold hands and tickle each other. Joy looks at pain and says, hope is here too. In a world where we are anxious about so many things, where we're angry about so many things, and some of those fears and anxieties and anger might be valid, may joy be the louder voice. There's a collection of Jewish teachings called the Talmud. It's a collection of teachings on Jewish law and, and other teachings. But one of the pieces of the Talmud says, a person will be called to account on judgment day for every permissible thing they might have enjoyed but did not. What if you were held to account for the things that you didn't experience enjoy that maybe you should have? What aren't you enjoying and why? What's stopping you? May joy be the louder voice and let joy be our guide because life is fragile. So enjoy it while you can. Joy helps us reframe our experience of life. Joy says that life is hard. Don't make it harder. Joy says that life is fragile. Spend time finding delight. A person will be called to account on Judgment Day for every permissible thing that they might have enjoyed but did not. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. Amen.